On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. We're just back from Thanksgiving break. And yeah. uh, our episode on Thanksgiving with the Syndicate podcast and our friend Armand. And it was very fun to record, but a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> none of us gave it a very high rating. Uh, but listen to that full episode on either ours or the Syndicate podcast uh, channel. And you'll get to hear all of our thoughts and feelings on it. Yeah. How are you doing, Britt? Did you survive Thanksgiving? I did. It was very, very busy uh, social-wise, which I, I mm-hmm. enjoy being around friends and family. I wish I didn't have, like, you know, we got four days off. So we were lucky. I'm not complaining there. Um God bless you, retail workers. It's like the retail workers are the real MVPs. And I love yeah. I love doing things. I just wish I didn't have to do things all four days. But you know what? It's okay. I survived. Yeah. It was a good time. How about you? Similar. <laughs> like, I, I'm glad I, I got time off work for sure. But when I wasn't cooking something, I was visiting with family or um, getting a new car battery. Because my car battery... That is the original battery in my 10-year-old car finally died um, right before Thanksgiving. So it was kind of a nightmare, but we got it fixed. Uh, by the way, if you have a hybrid, one, AutoZone will not change that battery for you because there's something about the hybrid, even though it's basically a normal battery. But two, they're like three times as expensive as regular batteries. So it was not cheap, but... My Prius has had the same battery for 10 years. It was the original battery. So, which is why, like, I've literally never had a battery die on me ever before. And so it, of course, died on me when I was getting out of rehearsal at 9 p.m. on a Monday night. And uh, it rained for the first time in weeks. And so we had, Scott had to come. We had to, you know, charge my battery. First of all, oh, also, if you have a Prius and you can't find your battery in the under the hood or in the trunk it is under your back seat on the passenger side that was fun too because i didn't yeah i didn't know that was even a possibility but it is basically we had to charge it we finally charged it and then i was like really low on gas so i had to like go to a gas station and we we chose one like near our house so like if it the battery died again 
we wouldn't have as far to go and we'd be somewhere that was safe because like it was a very well lit like big gas station that we go to all the time and so i was like okay cool and then i guess because of my battery (laughs) my taillights weren't fully working and just as scott was about to like call me and say like hey a police officer pulled me over and i have never been pulled over in my entire existence of a driver uh because i drive like a grandma because i don't like i don't want to uh, pay a ticket. So <laughs> I'm a very safe driver. And the guy was very, was generally pretty nice. But the thing was, I was so exhausted. And it was past midnight at this point. And I, I was like wet from the rain. And I just like, I was literally at my neighborhood entrance. And the guy like comes up to my passenger side window. So that was one thing. And I get why he did it. But it just like, I was like, I thought you were coming to the driver's side. So I rolled on my window and I just literally went, can I help you? Because I was just, I was like, I was like, hi, can I, how can I help you today? Because I was like, I don't know if I defaulted to customer service or, or what, but I was so not ready for the, like, getting pulled over because I knew I hadn't done anything illegal. And he was like, well, your taillight's out. And I was like, is it? Because my battery died earlier tonight and we're literally just getting home from four hours of fixing my battery. So is it working? And then I flipped to like a switch. And I was like, is it working now? And he's like, yeah, so no ticket, but uh, yeah, I just what told you. I was like, okay, great. Have a good night. Bye. And rolled my window back up. He didn't even ask for my driver's license. So honestly, I could have been a serial killer. I'm not, but he missed opportunity if I was one, really. So that was my excursion. So it was eventful, but I did get to meet my boyfriend's nieces and his sister Aww. and her family. And everyone's really sweet and cool. So that was fun. Yeah. But, and I saw, and Gizmo saw all of his puppy cousins, except for my sister's dog, Daenerys Targaryen. Mm. We just call her Danny. But, uh, cause she couldn't make it. But, uh, but yeah, it was fun. I got to cook, but it was just exhausting. My giant Christmas tree is up. I have like a really tall Christmas tree this year because I have vaulted ceilings in my house because it's not a big house, but they were like, it's not a huge house. But we got really tall ceilings, so it looks bigger. And because of that, my little six-foot tree that I used to have uh, looked like a baby tree in my house the last two years. So my parents got me a new tree when it was clearance. And I traded them my little tree. And they gave me... uh, They were like, here's a late Christmas present. I was like, thanks. So we put that up. We had to actually string it, though, for the first time in years. I had to, we had to actually put, like, lights on a tree. Yeah. Which was a weird experience. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, Did you get your tree up? Yes, so we do have our tree up. We have an eight-foot tree, too, and uh, we have it up, and it looks pretty good, uh, but we we do this thing where the girls, uh, well, not just the girls. The girls are our new family members, but we always have the kids put an yes. ornament each, and what it is is usually either me or Taylor hold them up and put an ornament on their paw and <laughs> then, like, try to put it on the tree like with their paw so it's really goofy but it's like a tradition now so the girls got to do it and it's interesting because natalie just looked at like whatever but lottie's like fascinated by it but she doesn't like bother the ornaments we're very blessed in that none of the animals like that's good are fascinated they like like they like laying under the tree and they like looking at the tree but they don't mess with the tree so yeah but we have the tree up and we're gonna try to do outdoor decorations this weekend yeah we didn't really get any outdoor decorations except for a little sign oh but 
but Scott got me an early birthday present, and I was like, he was like, you should go ahead and open it, because I had a really rough night last night. He was like, you should go ahead and open it, because he just put it under the Christmas tree, and I was like, well, no, my birthday's not for, like, weeks, and he was just like, no, 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 go ahead and open it. And, okay, if you have an old-time pottery near you, they have these these plastic plug-in statues like the old retro santas that they used to have my grandma used to have one of those santas and i loved it and i don't know what happened to it honestly i don't know if someone else in my family has it but it was always in her basement when i was visiting and i just loved it and i actually got her pumpkin that's kind of a similar thing but i didn't know where the santa claus was and they have a grinch one dressed as santa and we've been to old time pottery a lot because i introduced scott to old time pottery now he loves it because he likes, like, yard decorations because he likes doing yard work. So, like, he, you know, likes landscaping. That's why the backyard looks beautiful <laughs> now. Um, so I every time I went in, I was like, oh, I love that thing. But, like, it, but it was, like, 50 bucks. And I was like, oh, like, I don't need, you know, it's fine. I was like, I was like, I don't need it. I don't need it. But I would, like, pass it. be like, oh, when it's on clearance, I'm going to get that. Um, but they're really cute. And also, like, I didn't have a little christmas flag and so it was it was the grinch so now we have the grinch and i and i have and uh, on clearance last year i got an inflatable hippopotamus like a christmas hippopotamus so i think our outdoor decorations are going to be on fleek yeah i don't even know if people say that anymore but they're going to be cool this year if i have time to decorate because i'm also in uh if you're in the birmingham area come see Seven Santas by Jeff Good at Birmingham Festival Theater, December 8th through the 17th, because I'm in it, uh, along with some really cool other people, um, including a couple of local drag performers. Yes, like Flapjack and Wamona Wiles, because like Ramona, but Wamona. Yeah. Or Wo Anyways. But yeah, so I also have rehearsals, so it's been, <laughs> it's been chaos. Um, yeah. But yeah, Christmas chaos. And my birthday is in December, so yeah. I don't even know what's gonna happen there. So Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird one. Um with all the weirdness, did you get to watch anything? I did. Um so I guess I'll start with uh I did watch the well it's the anime. It's an anime, but it's a Japanese American collaboration, I believe. But Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is on Netflix. And oh, of course yeah. the really cool thing about Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is that for the English version, the all the actors that played the characters in the two thousand ten movie, they returned to reprise their roles. Uh, and they're all like in their forties, but yes. Yeah, like in their, <laughs> in, their, in their 30s and 40s. In their it's 30s and 40s. Acting. I think Scott's I think uh I think Michael Sarah is like maybe a year or two older than us, so you know I think um, he's much older than us. I'm yeah. Googling it. Yeah, I think Keep he talking, may. Though. I think he may have been born what in like eighty seven, maybe eighty seven, eighty eight. I don't know, but uh, I know he's like close to our age. All this to say, so I had heard that it was like loosely based off the movie and the comics, and I've I've obviously seen the movie many times, and I've read through the comics. I'm not gonna sit here and lie and told you I've read the entirety of the comics. I didn't. But the first episode is set up very much like the movie. And you're kind of thinking like, okay, it's going to be like an adaptation of the movie. And this is a slight spoiler alert. Well, at the oh, very no. end of the episode, he Scott is actually defeated by Matthew Patel and seemingly dies. Oh. 
And oh, so it no. And so it takes off in a completely different direction. I loved it. I, 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 I don't, I haven't talked to anyone else that watched it, but as a Scott Pilgrim fan, as a fan of the movie, I've really, really liked it because we, it kind of becomes like Ramona's journey. Like the, the anime oh. series is more about Ramona. Um, I like that. But also there's like all these little cool things that happen because of what happens at the end of the first episode. So it's like you get to explore more of what happens with the characters and like maybe the paths untaken. And one of my little favorite side things is like you find out Knives, which is like Scott Pilgrim's like girlfriend that's in high school. Keep in mind Scott's like 23 years old. He's dating a 17 year old. But nothing's happening other than like holding hands. But like... We find out that yeah, Knives, that like, had, had never picked up an instrument, and suddenly it's like she, every instrument she picks up, she's like a musical prodigy. So there's, like, little things like that. It's just, like, really cute. Is Knives now not a high schooler? No, she's still a high schooler. She's still a high schooler. Uh, you could have yeah. corrected that. Edgar well, Wright. I don't know. You're usually my fave, but... Hmm. I think the big thing is that, like, what I love about, like, Scott Pilgrim is, like, Scott Pilgrim is a character that's also misread by a lot of people, mostly young men. Sorry, guys, but it's true. And the thing is, is that Scott is not, like, a character to be idolized. And and that's the right, thing with, like, Nice, Like, he's dating a high schooler, and they, like, try to, like, ease it over of, like, well, all he ever did was hold her hand. So it's not like there's anything sexual, inappropriate. She's, like, very yeah. naive and wide-eyed. But it kind of reevaluates that, right? To be like, well, maybe we shouldn't be idolizing Scott. And that's what I kind of like about this series. That turns itself on the head. And that it's not really about Scott. It's about Ramona. And I thought that was cool. Because I literally thought maybe this was just going to be an adaptation in the movie. And it wasn't. It was a lot right. more than that. Um, and it's really just, I mean, just hearing like Chris Evans' voice or Brandon Rofe's voice. And um, it just was a lot of fun. Um, and pretty much every episode deals... With, like, an evil ex. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away in case anyone decides to watch it. But if you guys watch it, please come back and talk to me about it. Because I really liked it. I really liked some of the character choices they did in this series. I thought it was very funny. Um, and not predictable. Like, I could not predict where this series was going. And it's only eight episodes, so it's not very long either. Well, that's good. I'm just still appalled that they let Knives still be a child. <laughs> yeah, she becomes a member of Sex Butt Bomb, and uh, she, like I said, I just love it that they give oh. her more, they give her more, like, they let her develop more, and I just think it was the cutest thing that it's like, hey, so you guys don't know this, but because we're allowed to explore these characters more, Knives is actually a musical prodigy, she picks up any instrument, it's just phenomenal, I, like, there's a joke, they're like, how long ago did you play the piano for the first time, and she's like, oh, two hours, just really cute. But yeah, I liked well, it. Fun. I thought it was enjoyable. Supposedly it is a one-off. They they leave it. They have a mid-credit scene in the series finale that like can make you think there's going to be a season 2, but they basically said, "Yeah, there's probably not going to be a season 2." And I think it ended well enough that they didn't need to yeah. do season 2. I'm also glad they didn't do like a Scott Pilgrim 2 movie and they just did like something different, like a different ver- like a different chapter. Yeah. Cuz there's nothing worse than them just being like, "Hi, and, like, this was better because then the characters could stay the same age as an anime. Because, like, there's nothing mm. worse than when they, like, drag people out of, like, that movie's, is it 20 years old or just 10 years old? No, oh, it's, like, no. 16, right? Oh, Scott Pilgrim is 13 years old. And the reason I can always remember it premiered. Right, because it's it your premiered, nephew's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's actual yeah. birthday. Oh, no, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Oh, I remember. But I was, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't remember if it was Draven or 
Jaden's birthday. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still like 13 years. And like Michael Cera was getting a little too old to play like that age at that point. But he kind of looks, I don't know. He's always looked very young. He's now, always looked like a high schooler. To me, <sighs> it's really interesting like hearing their voices because everyone sounds the same to me except Michael Sarah. Like Michael Sarah's voice sounds different to me. Like it's not, it's still youthful sounding, but it doesn't sound like Michael Sarah to me at this point. Well, he, I think he, he I didn't really hear him talk a lot in between like that era, and then I didn't really see him in anything until I watched Barbie. Um, like the revival season of Arrested Development, mm-hmm. and he all, and I guess that kind of was when he sounded different. And then now I've gotten used to his new voice, but he definitely between Arrested Development, Superbad, Scott Pilgrim, Juno, Michael Cera, and nowadays Michael Cera, he definitely sounds a little different, and not like vastly, but he just sounds. More mature. And I don't know if maybe he played it more youthful because he was playing characters that were technically a little younger than himself for quite a while. Because, like, especially uh, George Michael in uh, Arrested Development, like, they kept them in, like, sophomore year of high school for quite a while. You know? Like, yeah. when they did the the revival episode, the revival season, he was just starting college. But, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, most of the people in that cast have gone on to do a lot of cool stuff. Like, Kiernan Culkin was just in Succession. He was one of my favorite characters. Yeah. In Succession. Yeah, Wallace. And he's not I a love huge Wallace. part. Yeah, he's not a huge part in Scott Pilgrim, but, like, he has the funniest scene where he's like, oh, Scott just left when Scott, like, jumps out the window. Yeah. I love Wallace's humor. It's, like, really funny. Yeah, it's, like, pretty much this is, like, a star-studded cast, but it was before a lot of them got really, really big. So, I mean, Chris, I remember remember seeing Chris Evans, and, of course, he's the second evil ex. um, (laughs) And when I saw him, the first, I I don't know if Captain America had just came out or, like, what was going on, but I, I honestly, this is bad, guys, but I honestly thought, like, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Not Another Team Movie, which I don't know if any of you have ever seen Not Another Team Movie, but oh my god, it's not a great Facts. movie. Um, It's basically a no, parody. it's like scary movie, yeah. Yeah, it's a parody of all the team movies, but he was the male lead in Not Another Team Movie, so now I think of Captain America when I see Chris Evans, but for a while there, it was like, no, he's the guy from Not Another Team Movie. And I guess other people think of Fantastic Four with him, too. So yeah, yeah but Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, Aubrey Plaza... Jason Schwartzman, like, it's just so Mm -hmm. many Anna Kendrick. Mm -hmm. Brie Larson. Oh, yeah, Brie Larson's Envy, yeah. I like the Black Sheep song that she sings. Oh, yeah. But the band who actually wrote that song is called Metric. Mm Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Their version is equally good. It's really interesting because Envy does sing in the TV show because she actually sings a cover of I'll Remember You. I will remember you. And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? But it's not Brie Larson singing. Sarah it's another, Yeah. It's another person singing. Because she is singing in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I think she's it, credited as singing. Yeah, I think she is. Anyways, but yes, that sounds fun. But I will say, because I didn't see Scott Pilgrim until I was an adult, I was like immediately like, okay, Scott is an asshole. He's dating a high schooler and he literally just broke her heart because he saw some girl with purple hair. Like his gosh dream darn. girl, right, right, and I think oh that God, was the thing so stupid. that like 
a lot but of people. But that was a big thing back then, because like 100 Days of Summer, and there was the whole like quirky girl, days of summer. what did we call them? Um, They're called Manic yeah. Pixie Dream Girls. Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Like, it was a huge thing when we were, like, everyone, I wanted to be a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Everyone wanted to be a Manic Pixie Dream Garden Girl. Garden State, and it was almost like, famous. Yeah, I did not watch Garden State because I knew someone was going to get ill and I don't deal with cancer movies. Oh, so well, no, no, no. At the beginning of Garden State, he goes back to New Jersey for his mom's funeral, but it's no one's, no one gets ill like it's cancer or anything got, in that movie. There's another one where someone gets cancer that's very similar to Garden State and I'm blanking on what it is. But anyways, mm. I started watching Garden State and I got bored. <laughs> I might be able to watch it as an adult, though. I was like a teenager and like someone turned on, I was like, ugh. I love so. Garden State, and it was one of those movies when I when it, I it came out when I was fifteen, I believe it came out in two thousand four, and I loved it. And now as an adult, I'm like, I don't know if it's the greatest movie ever, but I don't even know if it's like a, a great. I feel like it's an average movie, but it holds a special place in my heart, and it has a really good soundtrack. Yeah, really good soundtrack. I the the romantic movies I was a sucker for at that age was like Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Mm. I was real into that kind of stuff. But like modern day romance movies, I generally speaking didn't like them unless they were specifically rom coms. Loved those. I don't know. I was I was I needed some humor in my romance. Um so completely the opposite. I watched a movie that I have been hearing about for quite a while. Not like months, but it's a it's an Argentinian film. Mm. And it's by the same writer-director who did Terrified that I mentioned a few months ago. Uh, Damien Rugna? Or Runa? I'm not really 100% sure how his name is said. But it's called When Evil Lurks. And it is really good. It's really well shot and directed. And just like Terrified, it... It kind of th- it throws you into envir- an environment that you're not completely familiar with um, and doesn't spoon feed you all the information. So you want to watch more. Something really good that he does because, like, basically these two brothers who are living in on a farm in rural Argentina, but kind of an alternate universe Argentina, as you kind of find out, um hear gunshots between their property and their neighbor's property and they find a dead body and then they find a possessed man but apparently it's like a a pretty normal occurrence in this alternative version of the, the world where they're called like the rotted and basically it's like a demon is using someone's body as like a cocoon to create its own vessel and so it's it's supposed to be a treatise on like the the worst aspects of bureaucracy and government because like literally the reason it's gotten this far into the possession is because it's been a year since they reported it to the government and they have people but the person who got shot in the middle of the night is the person who's supposed to do it. anyways their neighbor like basically convinces them to help him like, move the body instead of, like, them leaving it where it is. And then it just turns into, like, absolute chaos um, because of incompetence and people not really, like, thinking things through and just trying to be selfish. Um, It is really good. It is very gory. 
and is a lot of shocking. No one is safe. Mothers, fathers, children, dogs, goats, every person is not safe in this movie. So if any of that is a trigger for you, do not watch it <laughs> because it is... Uh, I didn't feel triggered per se, but I there were a lot of gruesome bits that I was like, ha, ah, about. So... Brit, you will something very bad happens to a dog, but it's a possessed dog. I actually, did you watch I, it yet? I haven't watched it yet, but I did actually read a horror article because it was like with the director, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how he fought. I forgot what breed of dog it is. It's a large breed of dog, but he's like, I'm sorry mm-hmm. for those who own this type of dog. I think they're horrified looking. That's why I put this dog in this movie. To I'm be like, oh, fair. No. It's a big, it's not a pit bull, but it's that kind of a dog where it has, like, almost no fur. Like, very, like, skin, like, fleshy-looking dog. And has, like, yeah. It's, like, a bigger pit bull, kind of. I don't think it's a pity. It's something else. But it's, it's a very big dog. But, to be fair, the dog is very sweet with the child that it attacks, up until the time it gets possessed. They're very obvious that the dog's possessed and not the dog wouldn't do this. And I think the only reason they picked that dog was because the kid is like eight and it's big enough to believe that it could literally carry an eight-year-old off screen. Yeah, and that's probably why they just went, he went with a bigger dog. Now, it's funny because yeah. I was talking to our friend Dalton. Also, he's probably very trainable. That's that's true. I did hear something before about, like, animal actors, and they're just, like, you know, like, it, they say that, like, a lot of people don't, ha- a lot of directors and screenwriters don't put more animals in their movie because animals are notorious, like, even really well-trained animals. It's, like, stuff, anything can happen. It's kind of like, um, with the goat that played Black Phillip, like, he was absolute hell to the crew. And he mainly, um, who was the dad in the bitch? But he, like, picked on the dad over and over oh, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph Ennis? Ralph yeah, Ennis. Yeah, yeah, Ralph yeah. Ralph Ennis, I think. Yeah, he, Black Phillip basically made Ralph Ennis, uh, life hell during that shoot. Innocent. Yeah. Innocent, Innocent, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was talking to our friend Dalton, and I think Dalton said they did not like When Evil Lurks, or maybe they liked okay. it up until the latter half of the movie. I know they were just like, the protagonist is very stupid. I do remember that set with me. The thing is, the protagonist isn't the one, in my opinion, that's stupid. It's their neighbor, and then the protagonist is trying to clean up the mess their neighbor made. Because basically, mm-hmm. the people... The family that's suffering with this possession are tenants on their neighbor's land, and the neighbor's an asshole, and he's like, you guys, and the brothers are both like, they go to the police and tell them what's, that the person, the cleaner, the cleanser, who's supposed to do the exorcism, because that's the thing, there's all these rules, like, but they don't tell you the rules at first until, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, so, like, you have to exercise the demon you can't just kill the person that the demon's possessing but it's not very religious either which is an interesting aspect to a possession movie um but there's a lot of body horror in it um it does not pull any punches i will say it is like like terrified there is not a hopeful ending (laughs) and it does not get better it just keeps getting worse so if you liked like good time 
which I watched that with our friend Peter, and I remember Peter, like, kept looking away, because he was just like, every decision this person makes is the wrong decision, and it's so uncomfortable for me to watch, and I was like, I feel you, but, like, I enjoyed that movie, because I still wanted to see if maybe, maybe something good would happen. Um, no hopeful ending. I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, but not a very hopeful ending. Terrified is kind of the same way. But also, like, I don't know. I've never lived in Argentina, so I'm not really sure. I know there's some shady shit that has gone on in the past in Argentina. You know, also, like, you know, we all know certain stuff. But, like, I think there's some, I don't know for sure, but I feel like I've, I'm not an expert. But I think there is some corruption there, too. I mean, there's corruption everywhere. But I think... There's a reason why his movies don't have more positive endings. And since he is writing this as a treatise on his opinion of bureaucracy and the failure of government and the failure of, like, when people, you know, you can't trust the systems in place, you know, but also, like, you should be able to trust each other. Anyways... I think the reason it's not super happy is because of that. Um, but it is really good. And I really enjoyed it. And it did keep me, like, paying attention the whole time. But it's not happy. And no one is safe. So, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone who is triggered by violence towards animals, mothers, pregnant people, grandmothers, children... People just trying to... Fathers. People just trying to do a good job. People just trying their best. Like, basically, no one is safe. And there is, like... It's not a very hopeful movie, but it is... I I genuinely was disturbed by it. Because it is, like, very unsettling. Much like Terrified. Terrified, like, unsettled me. But I wasn't like, oh my god. But it was like... Because the beginning of Terrified, there is a very gruesome sequence... And it is just, they just do not cut away. Just something keeps happening. And there's a couple sequences like that in this movie. But I think it, it's an interesting movie. And if you're a horror fan, and if you especially, like, I do think this director is going places. And I think his movies just keep getting better. So, like, I like the ending for this was less open-ended and silly than Terrified. Like, Terrified kind of had a stereotypical, like, gotcha moment at the end of it. And this did it. So I think he, I think he's becoming a better movie director. However, it's not a movie I think I will watch again unless we were reviewing it. Because I didn't like, it wasn't a fun movie to watch. But I'm glad I watched it and I think it's a very well made movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's on Shudder ah. in the US. Uh, if you haven't watched it yet, it's been getting rave reviews. It has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty fucking great. And I don't always agree with Rotten Tomatoes, but I did like this movie. I think it's really well made. It's just not like a fun watch. So be warned. It's not a fun watch. And I don't I don't think the main characters you're not meant to like love them. Like they're not like the best people at all. Which is kind of nice. In a like it's I'm not nice. It's refreshing to see people who are just like there's, okay, there's a movie, I know I've mentioned it before, called Blue Ruin, and it's by, um, shit, I'm blanking Green, on Green his Room, name, but Green it's the same director Party. of Green Room and uh, Murder Party. And it is, 
his Macon Blair, his uh, his best friend since childhood, plays a guy who finds out that the person who's been serving time for killing his parents is getting out of prison, and he decides to exact revenge, but he's just a dude. <laughs> And, like, he just keeps, like, it's like, it's like if a normal everyday schlub just tried to exact revenge and how clumsy it would be. And, and the movie just keeps getting spiraling out of control. But it's a really well-made movie. Saulnier. Jeremy Saulnier. That's his, that's his name. Um, it's kind of like that. It's like, what are these people that aren't perfect? Like, they're not a perfect hero, but they're trying to fix things. Like, Shaun of the Dead's kind of like that until, like, the very end, and then they just miraculously get saved by the army. Spoilers. Because, really, Shaun fails a lot. <laughs> but there's comedy throughout that movie, so definitely an easier watch. Yeah, I would say definitely not a happy watch. So proceed with caution. But I am, it is a well-made movie, and I, I don't know if he'll make a leap to make films in America? I don't know. I know Guillermo del Toro's uh, been interested in, like, remaking one of his films or doing, like, an English version of it. So, like, he's got people interested. I think it's... I think he's becoming a very, very interesting director. I think... I think he... I think he's as good as Ari Aster. Maybe not as, like, in the... as grand... As Ari Aster is, but there's a lot of, like, interesting stuff that he does. And I would say more, I, it kind of gives me vibes like The Vavitch. Mm. Where it's like, it's like not an, a huge movie, but it's interesting. It has its own lore, and it doesn't pull punches. And um, it does go a little batshit in places. But genuinely creepy. Um, and uh, I would say... Terrified is less of uh, is is more palatable though. So maybe start with terrified. Although there is a very gruesome sequence of someone's of it's very bloody at the beginning, but ugh, I don't know. I think he's just that kind of director. But anyways, uh when Evil Lurks is on Shutter. Uh if you feel sounds like something you want to watch, a no, feel bad movie, uh watch it. If not, stay away. Even though it's a really well-made movie, I think, and I I liked that it had specific rules, but it didn't, like, spoon-feed it to you, I don't think it's worth your sanity to watch it, so. Yeah. Just, Britt, I don't, I don't know. I had a hard time with some of it. Yeah. So, I don't, with the animals, I mean, I know it's not a real dog that got hurt, but they, they don't. It's a lot of people getting hurt that, like, normally would be safe in films. Yeah. So it is... But I... It's kind of, like, refreshing, too. It's, like, breaking the rules. So I don't know. I want to... I'm I'm curious what his next film will be. Because I have watched two of his three movies that I know of. Which I think his first movie isn't available anywhere that I couldn't get. Um, But I've liked both of them. And for different reasons. Although I didn't like the ending of Terrified because it kind of took a weird turn into, like, sci-fi. And the whole rest of the movie wasn't very sci-fi. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. So that's one thing I watched. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a palate cleanser? 
I yeah, I think I kind of do. So we did our annual. Uh, so after Thanksgiving's over, which we're we're we don't celebrate Christmas stuff until after Thanksgiving's over. But once Thanksgiving was over, we did do our annual uh, watch of Love Actually, which slowly okay. has turned into like a hate watch. Like we love hate Love Actually. Really? Yeah. It's I haven't watched it in such a long time. It is such a product of its time, which this movie did come out in 2003. And <laughs> I'm sure most of you guys have yeah. seen Love Actually or know Love Actually. But it's essentially, it's a Christmas movie uh, in that it takes place around Christmas time. It's like 10 internet interconnecting stories as a star-studded uh-huh. cast. We're talking Al Rickman, Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Keira Knightley, Colin Firth, just to name a few of the actors in the movie but we're slowly we slowly are starting to realize some of the stuff that's outdated and one of my least favorite things about the movie and i may have bitched about this before but Hugh grant plays the prime minister he plays david in the movie and um yes david has an attraction attraction to one of the ladies that like works in the building her name's natalie and she's played by martine mm-hmm. mccrutchian which i i don't know i've never seen her in anything else other than this but i'm like i love natalie as a character but yeah, they she's make great a, in it they make a lot of jokes about natalie being overweight and i'm like oh my god this is why so many of my peers had like uh had like eating disorders because this woman's not overweight in this movie and there's like no. a joke about I mean, her she's not... like they're like she's like yeah my boyfriend you know broke up with me because he said i was getting chubby and you know when david thinks that she's flirting with the american president which that's another thing that's like hilarious because it's like Billy Bob Fortin is playing the American president and at one point he sees Natalie and he's like damn she got some nice pipes on her and I was like we do not talk like that as Americans like being pompous assholes no. yeah I can understand why like British people see us that way but we don't actually oh, talk so like she that does a lot of she's on EastEnders which is a very famous British television show and I've actually never I've heard of it but I've never seen it before I have not watched EastEnders I have watched Footballers Wives which is another one but only like the first season I would say so you- she still acts but it looks like a lot of television if you ever see like Natalie in this movie like she's like a very like healthy like vibrant woman I would say honestly like maybe a size six right definitely not like chunky but that's like I what's think she's a size it's- eight I think yeah. she's like a because she's very tall she's, she's also tall, tall. she's tall someone can I'm very short so my weight if I were you know half a foot taller would be like a size six. Yeah. But because I'm short, my weight is like a size 12, 14, or a 10, depending on the what time name. of the month it is. Yeah. <laughs> what the brand name is and uh, how much I've exercised lately, which has been none lately. So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I. It's interesting, like how high. But she's like, yeah, she's definitely not fat, but she's not. She's not Hollywood normal. She's like a normal person size. I think she like so, is like yeah, very, she's probably a six or an eight. Yeah, I think she's like very lovely, and it's like I, I don't know, but like it like each year I get a little older and it gets a little like more bothersome to me, like how many because I think there's like <laughs> at least four incidents, three or four incidents in the movies where there's something said about her weight, but um. One of my favorite parts in the movie is that David goes to her apartment. She lives with her mom and dad, and they're about to go to this Christmas play. And Taylor always goes, this is you, because it's like, I'm here to see Natalie. And she's like, where the fuck is my fucking coat? 
and like that's like something yeah. we always say to each other because uh, yeah. anyone who knows me knows I, I kind of have a little bit of a potty mouth on my military brat um, who doesn't potty mouth is fun <laughs> something something else I've noticed with this movie that kind of like I shouldn't be surprised but like most of the love stories like the guys like so you'll have an actor like let's say for example Hugh Grant and then you have Martine and it's like now they do make a joke in the movie that like his sister is played by Emma Thompson she's like you know she's like beware you know 20 years ago you were exactly his type so you know that he's like considerable amount older than her yeah but then when you look up a lot of the male actors age compared to their female love interest in this movie most of the male actors are like 12 to 17 years older except for Martin than the actress they're playing opposite yeah except for for Martin Freeman and the girl that he's the were they the the sex doubles the nude doubles? Oh yeah 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 Except yeah yeah yeah. Them that's, and okay, that's Alan Rickman and um and Natasha Emma Thompson. Oh Emma Thompson almost said Natasha yeah. Richardson. She yeah. was dead by that point. Yeah. They they both look Natasha Richardson in the Parent Trap looks very similar parent to Emma Thompson only in Love Actually because they have like the same haircut. But, Blonde. but Emma Thompson, yeah, they have the same, like, mom haircut. The, the the sex double part kills me because, okay, not, I don't hate it. Like, I don't hate the characters. Like, I think they're cute because it's like they're, they're, they're stand-ins for a pornos. And so they're like, they're like doing softcore, like, sex scenes. Yeah. So there's like one point where his, like, head's between her legs. There's one point where she's, like, mimicking fellatio on them. And I'm like, this would be, like, a PG-13 movie Without if it for wasn't that for scene. that storyline and the, the cussing. Like, it, everything else is PG-13. It's like the pure, they have, like, I, the purest love story because they're just at work okay. and they just love each other. It's cute. It's cute until there is a part that drives me fucking crazy. And it's like, so they have their first date, which is like so cute. You know, it's like all innocent and stuff. And then she kisses him and she goes, all I want for Christmas is you. And then she goes in and closes the fucking door. And that drives me crazy. It's like she says, all I want for Christmas is you. And then she closes the fucking door. Like, I don't you know. know she's got to leave him so wanting crazy. more. You know, you can't. He, she's, he's already seen her naked several times. Oh. She's got to give him some kind of mystery oh. at the beginning of the relationship. I'm just kidding. Um, I just, but I just feel very, like because like, we have the big. It's a formulaic move. It's like now it's formulaic. When it came out, it was very much, oh my God, look, everyone can find a different love story they equate to. My favorite love story is Colin Firth and his, uh, the Aurelia. Yeah, the Aurelia who's Last cleaning keeps. his house and yeah. then they learn each other's languages. And and then he has a very clumsy proposal, and it's very sweet. I also love the Alan Rickman Emma Thompson storyline because I love Joni oh, Mitchell, and I uh, do too. And I became obsessed with finding getting that album for Christmas <laughs> because of Love Actually, and then I do have that Joni Mitchell album, and um, honestly, not my favorite Joni Mitchell album. <laughs> To be, f- I like hits, which is like a, a it's a amalgamation of all of her things, obviously. But also has a picture of her like on the road with a car parked next to her, so it looks like she got hit by a car. She it's not bloody, but it's just funny. It's like oh hits, ha! I love Joni Mitchell. Anyways, yeah, I funny. love that, but I also hate Alan Rickman. Weirdly, I ended up watching Die Hard. Well, we put up Christmas stuff because that's Scott's favorite no. Christmas movie. And so Alan Rickman is not a nice man in that movie either. But I miss Alan Rickman. So anytime he's, he's on He's a phenomenal screen, actor. My favorite Alan Rickman is Sense and Sensibility. 
Alan Rickman. He's fantastic. Yes. But he's great in Love Actually, I'm, but he's also kind of an asshole. Yeah, that's the thing, like, that drives me crazy. It's like, it it breaks my heart every time watching, like, Emma Thompson's storyline. Because, you know, everyone who knows is, like, she he has the affair. And, like, when I was a kid, I, like, the first time I saw this movie, I tried to rationalize. I was like... Well, maybe he just gave her the necklace, but he didn't sleep with her. No, it's, like, blatantly obvious that's why she has the necklace is because he slept with her. And she listens to both sides now, and she's crying in their bedroom. And it's, like, the older I get, it's, like, you know, she did that for her children. Like, she didn't create a scene for her kids. Yeah. And that, like, breaks my heart. It's, like, her heart's breaking, but she doesn't say anything to him because she doesn't want to ruin her kids' night. Um, I kind of, I, gets me I still want to believe he didn't <laughs> actually sleep with her and he just gave her the necklace. That's what I'm going to believe because that's, oh. that keeps me safe. No, he probably did fuck her. Oh, but you God. know what? It's fine. Oh. They're not real people. It's okay. fine. I do have to say, uh, and I do feel like I married a good man. So like one of my favorite storylines that also breaks my heart is uh, Laura Linney's storyline of Sarah. Oh, no. So it's like I can't. Sarah's oh, like madly God. in love. Oh, no. Sarah's, like, madly oh in God. love with, like, one of her co-workers. Yep. And yep. as she's, she's about to hook up with him, her, her brother, who has, like, a extreme mental illness, like, keeps calling her over and over again. And she, and it's, like, against, like, even though he's, like, right there and she wants to be with him, she answers her brother's call. And Taylor goes, I don't understand if he really likes her. Why doesn't he just stay? And I was like, you know what? You're I, a good man. Maybe he stays later. Taylor. Maybe he comes back later. I don't know. I that I that know. part always oh, really I just bothered so bad me for her. because he obviously is yeah. like, I don't really know what to do. And I, yeah. I, I think one, they're acquaintances at work, right? They're not super close. But she's had a crush on him for it's a like while. It's like three years. Yeah, Carl. Carl. So he's very Carl cute, too. very cute. Yeah. I don't really know where Carl's mm. from or where he went afterwards, but Carl's very cute. I don't think Carl's an asshole. I think he's just, I think a lot of people would tread lightly into that situation. And rightly so, because yeah. they obviously have a lot going on. It's like... If she wants me to be more involved, I can be. I don't know. He doesn't like. He doesn't like like yell at her and be like, absolutely. Like, no. Fucking. He he just kind of like is like, I guess because like the thing is like she's like I have to go and he just kind of like looks very disappointed and he's just like okay because you can tell he likes her yeah. too and it just kind of sucks. It's like at some point I'm like I wonder why she couldn't have like been like. Because he's at a facility. People are taking care of him. It's kind of, No one... He was calling her. It wasn't like the facility called her in. I wonder why yeah. she couldn't just be like, can y'all just like... I will be there in the morning. Can I set a boundary and for myself? Me and Taylor were trying to figure out the last two times we watched it. We're like, how does he have a cell phone? Unless it's like she's like, you know, if it comforts well, him to call me, just let him have the cell phone. Like, because that's the thing. We're like, we were surprised he had a cell phone that he could reach her. If he's in a voluntary place and it seems like he's not, I don't know, but then he tries to like hurt her at some point too. Yeah. Which bought, like, which disturbed i was like oh i don't know i don't know that's another thing is like i think a lot of people i think nowadays maybe someone would set a boundary because he's in a facility yeah. people are taking care of him it's not like he's at home by himself and she needs to go help him you know it, it, it's okay to set boundaries for yourself maybe nowadays if love actually was made like she would have been like 
just silence the phone and be like, I will see him in the morning and it will be okay. And just give yourself one night, Laura Linney. Um, I love Laura Linney. Taylor. But yeah, that part, I hate that part. I did. Part. She's a phenomenal actress. But I love that Taylor, Nora, it's a- Nora Jones song, uh, Turn Me On. It's oh. like one of my favorite songs. But they it's dance beautiful. too. But it's just so fucking sad. Poor Laura Linney. It's a little bit more lighthearted, but Taylor hates the uh, after. So it's Andrew Lincoln's character, Mark. Is in oh love with his God. best friend's wife. Uh, Andrew Julia. Lincoln's a, a punk ass but bitch after, in that movie. After she he she realizes the wedding video is all hers, and he leaves. He's like, it's a self preservation thing. And he walks out. He's like, you could you could show yourself out. He walks out, and it plays like typical very early two thousand yeah. music. And Taylor's like, oh, this is the early two thousand soundtrack coming on. And yeah. I was like, well, it was made in two thousand three. Yeah. So it reminds me of that episode where Michael Scott at the Christmas party episode where he gets broken up with by his actual real life wife um his real mm-hmm. estate agent and he's like listening to a james blunt sample piece it's like that kind of music oh goodbye my love yeah goodbye yeah everyone has romanticized that stupid like standing there say it's carol singers the andrew lincoln Kieran knightley scene but i'm like the son of a bitch she's married to your best friend you dumb cunt I hate people like, I just have to tell you how I feel, even though you're in a relationship. If the other person's single, shoot your shot. But if they're in a committed relationship that you witnessed, then maybe don't say anything. Because that makes everything awkward. And I, I think they do try to, and it's been a hot minute, but you know, they did like a Red, Do- a Red Nose Day special called Red Nose, actually, I think. Which is like a little sequel to Love Actually. But they poke fun. I think that's one scene they poke fun at because it's Andrew Lincoln again. And yeah. he I don't know if he apologizes for being creepy, but something happens. But I need to rewatch it again. So it's been a couple of years. Interesting. But I could talk about Love Actually for probably a whole another hour just because I've watched and the it so many times. Of what it. else have you watched? I watched Die Hard. Yes. And I did watch Christmas mm-hmm. Vacation and A Christmas Story, of course, while I was putting up the Christmas Aww. tree, because, you know, yeah. gotta watch those. But movie-wise, I did, this was actually, I should have talked about this uh, our last episode, but we had so much catch-up to do that I forgot. Uh, I watched the new David Fincher film, The Killer, on <gasps> I've Netflix. I've been wanting to watch that. It is <sighs> better than Mank. I heard he loves the Smiths in that movie. Who? The Smiths. The- oh, there's a lot of Smiths music. A lot of Smith's music. Um, I, how do I explain this? So it's, it's a, uh, like an action thriller, um, which I prefer David Lynch murder mysteries. I'm just going to be honest. Love Seven. Love, um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And I love Mindhunter. We've been rewatching Mindhunter, mm, by the way. It's good. Still love that show. Yeah. Still mad there's no third season. Um, and, uh, shit, the Gone Girl. Like, loved those David Fincher movies. Fantastic. Um, here's the thing. So this is a, an action thriller, uh, by David Fincher, who, it looks beautiful. It looks great. Really well-paced and interesting. And Michael Fassbender plays this assassin. And you don't know, like, a t- he he's kind of has an inner monologue the entire time, and he's basically walking you through his process of uh, a, doing an assassination. And he messes up, and then he basically has to go on the run, 
And he finds, when he goes home, he thinks he's been really careful and he's avoided all these people who may be after him now. But when he gets home, he finds that his girlfriend has been beaten so badly she's in the hospital. Oh my gosh. And so he goes on a revenge to kill everybody who's responsible for that. But the thing is, he kills both innocent and guilty parties to, like, leave no trace. And he's not a very good character. He's a very unredeemable person. And... It is an it's a, it's an interesting movie. The action's really good, and it is well paced. But he's not a very likable character, and I don't really like him. <laughs> and so I always have a hard time rooting for someone, um, like for someone trying to complete a task in a movie, if I don't like them. You know, we had this discussion on the syndicate where I was like, "Well, you imagine like I don't root for Jason." Even though, well, Jason's more sympathetic. I don't root for Freddy Krueger. I root for the people fighting against him because I want to see them defeat him. He is entertaining, but like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a groupie for the slashers and slashers. And that's just me. I want to watch a good person do something, you know, triumph or whatever. So like, he's not a very redeemable person. Except for, like, yeah, he is avenging his girlfriend, but she's not dead. She's just really hurt, mm. which is still not okay. But she also knows he's an assassin. So, like, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. And then he, you know, it's kind of just a muddy, like, morality does not exist in this movie. Mm. But it's not as, like, pulpy as Gone Girl was, where I enjoyed watching this crazy psychopath set up this whole situation and then, you know, be evil. Like, I enjoyed that, but it's not as pulpy. And he's a very methodical person because he, like, removes emotion from his cases. And he's just very cold. And so, and I love Michael Fassbender. He's great in it. Tilda Swinton's a small part in it, too. And I always loved a good Tilda Swinton showing. She's great. But it's just like, I don't really like the guy. But it's a well-made movie. And if you like action films, but like also David Fincher, I would suggest it. But like, I don't know. I'd probably give it like an, a 7 out of 10 mm. for me. But I think most people would probably give it more like an 8. Definitely Gone Girl, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and 7 are much better movies. Wait, Fight Club. Wait, didn't David mm-hmm, Fincher do Fight did. Club too? And the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, Fight Club's better than this movie. But it's still really good. Yeah. And it's... Right, didn't David Fincher do Mank? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because his, his dad the script. Yeah. Yeah. Hated Mank. Absolutely hated that movie. Sorry. Sorry, David Fincher's dad. I, I just... I don't know why I did not like that movie. I wanted to because I loved David Fincher. I hated it. It was fucking... This movie's not boring. It's not... And there's, like, like you're in Paris, and then, like, South America, and then the U.S. So, like, there's a lot of interesting, like, scenery and stuff. So, it's interesting, but it's not... I just didn't love the main character, so it was kind of hard to be okay. He kills one person in particular who genuinely didn't do anything wrong, and the only reason he kills that person is because... They've seen his face, mm. and they can tie him to it. But, like, the guy wouldn't... I don't think the guy would have. Or the girl. I shouldn't spoil who he kills. But he kills one person where I just thought it was absolutely 
not okay. And at first I was like super on board and then I was like, ooh, that is a very bad moral decision you just made. So I don't know. But he's also a hitman, so. Yeah. So if you have no problem with rooting for someone whose moral scruples are non-existent, you should definitely watch this movie. <laughs> That's on Netflix if anyone wants to watch it. Yeah, I, I've been wanting to see it and I just got kind of was like, oh, we're going to go for our usual lighthearted Christmas films before going back into I the darkness. I bet Taylor would be interested in it. Yeah. Like, Scott was like, ooh, let's turn... Scott really likes David Fincher oh. movies, uh, too. And he, he he loves Mindhunter. Oh. That's why we've been rewatching Mindhunter. Because I just came home and he was watching Mindhunter. I was like, yes. You know, uh, I was about to say, you know, you know, May, December is coming to Netflix this Friday. And that's... People have been talking a lot about May, December. So I'm very excited oh, about that one. Oh, yeah. So. I want to watch Anatomy of a Fall. I do, too. Yeah. I have been looking forward to that for months and i still haven't seen it come up to screen anywhere near us and or stream yeah so i'm a little annoyed yeah come see us it'll probably wait until like january that's true well if we have i guess the oscars will probably be in like march again so i'm sure there'll be a shit ton come to stream in january and february so yeah but i still i can't believe i haven't gone to the theaters i usually a couple years ago I would live at the theaters this time of year, but it's just been harder and harder for me to go as routinely as I once did. But there's a yeah. lot. Of, I want to see Saltburn. That's Emerald Fennell's follow-up to Promising oh, Young yeah. Woman. And our friend Jonathan. Yeah, very different movie, though, apparently. Yeah, Jonathan saw it, though, and he, his, his like basic it? review. Well, that's what he really, really confused me with the text he sent because he was like, I was kind of disgusted and I covered <laughs> my face multiple times. And I was like, did you not like oh. it? Did you not like it? He was like, I'm glad I saw it. And I'm like, but did you like it? That's a, that's like right now, it's driving me crazy because I want to see Saltburn. <laughs> I want to see uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I want to see Priscilla and I want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. So <laughs> I want to see all four of them. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to wait for streaming for Killers of the Flower Moon because three and a half in hours. The places, it's a very long movie. Yeah. And People were trying to do intermissions so people could have a bathroom break and they got mad at them and are like suing them for having intermission. I'm like, listen, three and a half hour movies went the way of the dodo birds when we got rid of intermissions. And I know movies traditionally have a three act structure now, so I guess that's why people have a problem with it. But I find it very stupid that you, if you're going to make a movie if you can't take the time to edit your movie down under three hours, you have to work in an intermission, I think. If you want people to enjoy your film. Like, why would you torture somebody? Or just put it straight to streaming, you know? Because I'm going to wait until it's streaming because I want to be able to enjoy the movie and not, you know, not enjoy it. I did read some people of the... The tribal affiliation that is represented in that movie of Osage, mm -hmm. right? Osage, it's the Osage it's, it's, tribe, yeah, yeah, I believe. Native Americans, yeah. And apparently, they treat the the bad white man because they were not every white person, but you know what I mean. This specific thing, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was an awful person, and they kind of treat him like the main character instead of his wife, who was the her family was the victims, and and her too. And they kind of give them a romantic relationship when he manipulated the shit out of her. Well, and 
everything I've ever. I'm curious. Like I want to watch it. Yeah. But I've had some. But some people of the Osage tribe who were consulting on the film were like, I don't love that aspect of it, but. It wasn't like Martin Scorsese was trying to be disrespectful. I just don't know if he knows how to write a film with Leonardo DiCaprio without making him likable in some way. So and a main character. I did read you know? I did read that like so the wife and I just completely forgot her name. I know the actress that plays her is Lily Gladstone, but I did hear that he was actually like sweet on her and he was in love with his wife. But yeah, that doesn't that doesn't like Excuse him from doing shitty things because it was completely shitty. Now, I did hear there was that argument that Martin Scorsese was really trying to make it more about Lily Gladstone's character, who is a real historical person uh-huh. who these horrible things happened to. Yes. And it did kind of fall flatter than it was supposed to there. But then again, every time I read a review of this film, they always talk about Lily Gladstone's performance as being one of the absolute highlights in this movie. And I think we've touched on this before. Love Martin Scorsese. He's not the best at writing women's parts. I've said that over and over and over again. I think you've you've said it. Yes, we have talked about it. And the only exception I have found that I genuinely feel like a female character was represented as a fully fleshed out character is Goodfellas. Is the wife in Goodfellas because she takes over the narration and you actually, like, she actually has, like, a personality, but also he adapted it from a book. Yeah. And she was a real person. And so he had that. But, like, every female character in, like, The Departed, oh, my God. The Wolf of Wall Street. Fucking... Well, I was I I still haven't even watched The Wolf of Wall Street because I was just like I don't know if I can deal with that much alpha male energy, um, but um, a fucking Gangs of New York, Cameron Diaz, who was completely miscast in that movie. Sorry, Cameron Diaz, you're really great in rom coms. You were really bad with an Irish accent. It's like they they like write her. I will say he tried to flesh out her character, but like he did not hire the right actress for the part. To make us care about that character. Could not care less about that character in Gangs of New York. Which is just miscasting. Yeah, but he tried with her and he failed. And the the girl in The Departed. Like, I love that actress. Like, she's a good actress. Yes, it's Vera. And I love Vera. And she has nothing to do. And she has no character. And she just literally just sleeps with two of the main characters. Yeah. And it's such a fucking piece of bullshit. It's still better. And like, I love Martin Scorsese, but whew. it's still better than the Wolf of the Wolf of Wall Street. So it's um, God, I forgot. It's Margot Robbie for sure. Yeah, Margot Robbie. But the so he's married in the beginning to um, the mother from How I Met Your Mother. She's also was in Once. She was in the OBC of Once. The brunette. Like, she's really pretty petite. Oh, Kristen Malati. Yeah, thank you. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Malati. So he's married to her at the (laughs) beginning and cheats on her with Margot Robbie. So it's like, okay, so we get this wife for maybe five minutes. He just cheats on her. And it's all about Margot Robbie. And she's literally pretty much a sex pot for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Although Jordan Belfort, I've heard him talk before. He is kind of a, at least during the actions of the film was a complete old douchebag. And this is what's crazy. So, so it's basically uh, about him living like he's fucking rich. So it's basically about him just being 
just doing crazy, crazy shit because he's rich and just like living this, uh, what is it? it had, how do you pronounce it? Hedon, hed, hedonism when it's basically, it's just like hedonism. Hed, he, hedonism. Hedonism. Yeah. hedonism. Hedonism. So yes. that's like the whole movie, right? Like, because it's the scene you always hear about before you see the movie, how he like snorts uh, coke off a like hookers or a sex worker's butt crack. Like, that's like the thing people are always oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like, that's basically the whole yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. And let me tell you, most men I know, this is one of their favorite movies. I did want to mention, we're not going to get into the political debate of it, because we both talked about it, and we were like, we don't live in these places, and we don't have, you know, we just want people to stop dying, is our, yeah. I think, my personal opinion, yeah. and Brits. But there is, I, we saw a lot of people on Instagram, like, in the horror review community, being very upset with Melissa Barrera being fired from Scream 7, supposedly because she had an uh, Instagram post that they didn't agree with, um, Spyglass Entertainment, who's the parent company that was making it. I'm confused because the only, unless there's some I did not see, nothing seems hateful, in my opinion, but I don't know if there's something underlying going on. And that was like, I was like, okay, well, that sucks. But, you know, they still have Jenna Ortega to do Scream 7. But now she has left officially because of Wednesday Season 2. So what do you think, Britt? Do you think Scream 7 is still going to happen? Because apparently they've basically been told they have to restart the script from scratch. Yeah, I think uh, if they do it, they're probably going to have to rewrite the whole script. Yeah, it's like you said, starting from scratch. Because obviously these... The sisters were supposed to be in the next movie. Like, it would have definitely been about them and that core group that survived. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have to completely rework the movie. Now, I I mentioned before, I don't know if Nev Campbell, if they're finally going to be like, hey, Nev will pay you what you're worth. Sorry we didn't do that sooner. Or if they're just going to do Courtney Cox. Or if they're going to do, like, a whole new cast of characters. It's like, there right? are options out there, but... Uh, I don't know. It could be very, very miss. And I think, I think with a movie like this, this legacy behind this franchise, I think they would put something on the back burner before just putting out complete shit, right? I mean, I don't know. How do you guys feel? God, I hope so. I've been like, you know, I was hesitant to watch Scream 4. When I finally watched it, it was a really good sequel. And then I was hesitant to watch Scream 5. And it ended up being a really good sequel and a revamping. And I really liked, and I was excited for Scream 6, you know, and I really liked it. Yes, they're still formulaic, but they are fun. And I think the characters they've brought to the new franchise are interesting. So I'm a little, I don't want to see Gail Weathers and uh, uh, Sydney do this over and over again. Yeah. We've already killed off Dewey. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, spoilers, but that happened like two movies ago. So, you know, we've, we, everyone keeps saying Matthew Lillard's coming back as Stu because we never saw Stu die, but I don't, I don't know if that would happen. Um, but yeah, I would rather them just not make a film. Yeah. Me too. If they're not going to have those two characters in it. But with that, we should say goodbye. We won't be here next week because I have tech rehearsal and I'm so sorry, y'all. But the next week, 
We're having a special episode with a special guest. Yay! We're going to be hanging out with our friend Jake Jolly. And Jake just directed a Clay Zombie Christmas. So it's a Clay Zombie Christmas special. I think it may be premiering. Mm -hmm. Is it premiering this Thursday or Friday? I feel so bad. I forgot the actual premiere date. Thursday. Is it Thursday? Thursday. Okay. I believe I saw Jake put it on their Instagram Thursday, which would be the 30th. Okay, nice. Um, it was Clay Zombie Christmas. Yay! And yay! I'm excited to watch it. We'll be watching it. And then it'll be a nice little Christmas finale of the season, yeah, right? Yeah, so we're going to be watching it and talking about our favorite Christmas films, right? Horror and non-horror. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll have a break and uh, then we'll see y'all in January. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we'll do another fun movie. Maybe we get Ryan to come back on... And uh, pick out something like we did with the thing. That was fun. Yeah. That was a fun episode. But um, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope everyone stays safe, praying for everybody, or sending good vibes, whatever you feel like, especially in Israel and Palestine and Gaza and uh, still Ukraine. Am I missing anywhere else? America always, because we're just always... Am I hearing things about ter- the, Cong- the Congo, too? Like, that was, like, not really on people's oh, radar? it could be. Um, I, I hate to say, oh, I don't no. like using TikTok as a viable news source. Iran? Yeah. Iran and Afghanistan, too, still having a lot of humanitarian issues. Um, and it's the holiday season, so it's the season where I'm, like... I want to be happy and jolly, but I just think of other people having a really bad holiday season because, like, they're in a war-torn country. And I'm like, wow, here I am complaining that it's kind of cold in my office, but could be much, much worse. So, um, sending good vibes and prayers to everybody, um, whatever you prefer, and have have a be safe during the holiday season. I mean, we'll see you guys in a couple in a week or two, but. Don't overexert yourself and always remember that friendship means more than money. So if you can't afford to buy all of your friends or your family members uh, presents, you know what? Bake them some cookies. Make them an ornament, you know? Do something simple and just spend time together because that's what's important. Because you only maybe get one... We're only guaranteed one life. I don't know, unless reincarnation is real. I would like to believe that is real, but I don't know. I don't remember any past lives, so... Uh. But either way, <laughs> um, you know, spend time with the people that you love and uh, get, maybe give to some charities. It you is know? Giving Tuesday. Maybe feed the hungry. It is Giving Tuesday today. Maybe give to your local art program your local theater or you know uh your local shelter or food bank um because people get very cold at least in our neck of the woods even in alabama it gets too cold for people to be out at night so take care of yourselves and take care of other people and take your vitamins and get your vaccines because it is also that time of year where everyone gets sick so we love y'all and we'll see you not next week, but the week after. Spay and neuter your pets and tell your friends and family to also spay yep. and neuter their pets. It is a time for... Season- or the random person down the street. Yes. It's a time for uh, seasonal depression. So really, we mean it when we say take care of yourselves and one another during this time. 
Um, we love you guys. We just look forward to seeing you next time. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, Stay spoopy all. all. Bye. 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 See you next time. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.